Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. You can find me at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Give me a follow and um, give me some feedback too on the pod as well as things you might want me to cover here in the off season. Uh, today, I don't know how familiar all of you are with these, but I'm sure many of you have seen them. Um, NFL.com, their next gen stats. You can go and look up any quarterback and it'll show you passer rating versus league average to every portion of the field. So I thought we'd talk Kenny Pickett a little bit today. Um, and what they do is they break it down into throws the right, throws the left, throws the middle. And they have behind the line of scrimmage, um, from the line of scrimmage to 10-yard area, from 10 yards to 20 yards, which is where I'm going to focus most of our attention here, and then 20 and deeper, deep balls. So this is just passer rating versus league average. So when he throws the ball behind the line of scrimmage, he is basically average in the short middle or the behind the line of scrimmage middle and, and to his right. He's above average to his left behind the line of scrimmage. Okay. I mean, uh, even if you're below average, I'm sure your completion percentage and your numbers are very good. I mean, his his uh, passer rating throwing to his left is 96.8, which is really, really high. League average is 90. So he's just below that average short and behind the line of scrimmage to the middle and to the right. So what? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, throwing behind the line of scrimmage, if you're around league average, great. If you're a little below, great. I mean, it doesn't change my mind much. It's not a hard throw, obviously. Now, from 0 to 10 yards is exactly the same for him. His throwing to his left is very, very high. It's 100.5 passer rating. Now, these would be a little harder throws than behind the line of scrimmage. Some of them are 8 yards downfield, 10 yards downfield. League average is 89 passer rating. He's also average to the short middle, to the short right. I'm not looking. I, I honestly don't care that much different between throwing to his left versus throwing to his right. Um, it would be different if the Steelers lined their receivers up one to the right, one to the left. You know, like Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison was always the right. Reggie Wayne was always the left. That would make more sense. I'm more interested in the distance. So behind the line of scrimmage and within 10 yards, he's average or above average, which, you know, during the Mac Canada era is a high percentage of their throws. Um, now here's the problem area. And this isn't going to be necessarily critical of Pickett, but it will be critical if he, quote, makes it or not. The top quarterbacks, when you go look at completion percentage, passer rating from 10 to 20 yards downfield, past the line of scrimmage, that's where the studs show up. That's the hardest throws in the league. And that's what he needs to work on the most. He has been bad from 10 to 20 yards, as well as red zone. Um, I don't have his red zone numbers here. I'm just looking at this chart, but they're not good. As you can imagine, he doesn't have hardly any you know, uh, touchdown throws. But the stud quarterbacks and very, 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 very few young quarterbacks, first, second, third year guys, are going to be average or above average in the red zone and from 10 to 20 yards. And if you can't do it, you're not going to make it in this league. So why is that? Well, in the Steelers' case, I think they do a very poor job of scheming up that area of the field, flat out. I don't think it's a receiver issue. I mean, I think Pickens is fine in that area, Deontay, 
certainly Friermuth, but it's crowded. I mean, that's that hole in cover two over the corner in front of the safety. There's going to be long rangey linebackers all over that area of the field that cover tons of ground like cheetahs. There's going to be safeties cheating into that neighborhood. You have to layer throws. You got to throw it over the linebacker's head, but not too high that the safety can pick it off. Sometimes you got to drive a fastball into a tight window. So that's a huge indicator. Pick it aside. Anybody early in their career, one of the first things I look at career-wise stats is early in their career is 10 to 20 yards in red zone. And it doesn't worry me that he's quite bad in both those areas, but it needs to improve immediately. So again, to his left in that area, he's actually just a little below league average. Well, he's a fair amount below league average, but they lump him in the league average category with a 67.3 rate rating, rating. So I might need to look into that. I mean, is there a reason that 20 yards and shorter, he's better than on the right side? I don't know. Um, so he's average-ish, below average, in that area to his left, where he's flat out bad. Uh, he has a 44.5 passer rating in the middle of the field from 10 to 20 yards, where league average is 87.5. So he's drastically below league average. League average thrown your right is 78.8, and he's at 47.9. So again, I don't think Canada or the scheme helps him, but this is a very, very, very common rookie problem, and as is the case for Kenny. So the deep ball, strangely, he's been really good left from these three categories. He's below average throwing to his left deep downfield, but he's above in the middle of the field, as well as the deep right. And I don't have a great reasoning for that. I just picture this offense just off the top of my head, especially when Ben was there, throwing so many go balls, of course, too many, way too many, and often to the right side. I just remember Ben hitting his back foot, chucking it up for Claypool, incompletion, you know. And there's some of that with Kenny too. But is there a reason he's better to his right and to the middle than he is to the left? I bet, and I'll look for this stuff, I bet that they have very few attempts past 20 yards between the hashes, and it makes me crazy. You know, the the deep uh, in-cutting routes, posts, things of that nature, most of their deep balls are down the sideline, which are the easiest ones to defend, and they, they throw way too many go balls. Um, so I thought that was interesting, and some things need to improve, but there's some good stuff there too. Uh, I'll be back in a moment. All right, I am back. Man, I just want to do this quick. That's the, um, always happens right after the Super Bowl, but the betting odds for next Super Bowl are out. And it shocks me where the Steelers are at, to be honest with you. So some of them, they're all the, the usual names. The Chiefs are the lowest odds. They have the best chance of winning the Super Bowl next year at plus 600, which means if you put $100 down on it, at any of these sites, 
your payoff if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl is $600 on a $100 bet. And that's the lowest odds in the league. Followed by the Bills at six or at eight fifty, so there's a huge jump there between the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, that shocks me a little because the AFC is just so hard. I understand the Chiefs are a juggernaut, and I have nothing bad to say about them. And frankly, I expect their roster next year to be even better than this year. They have cap space, you know, they're not really losing much. But still, I would think NFC is the better bet. Um, it shocks me a little that the Bills are two. That's not too much. It does shock me that the gap is that great, though. Plus 600 to plus 850. The Niners are plus 900, as are the Eagles, as are the Bengals. I think I'd put a buck down on the Eagles, to be honest with you. I mean, the the path in the NFC is not that bad. Um, They are going to lose more than they gain, though. Their roster won't be as good. I think the Niners will be pretty similar. The Bengals have cap space. I mean, I'm not sure how much they'll use of it and how much will go to Burrow. They have some free agents as well, particularly on defense, but I could see their roster being better next year than this you know, this past season. So those are the favorites. And then there's a big jump to number six. That's Dallas at plus 150, Chargers at plus 2,000, the Ravens at plus 250, the Jags at plus 250, Jets, Lions plus 250. That's actually plus 2,500. So if you put $100 down, you would win $2,500, you know. Um, and then there's another gap, Packers plus 3,500. Um, the Dolphins, Rams, and Browns are also plus 3,500. The Raiders are plus 4,000. The Giants, the Vikes are both plus 4,000, as are the Broncos and Saints. You notice I haven't gotten the Steelers yet. The Steelers are plus 5,000. So if I put a buck down, I win 50 bucks, right? I mean, yeah, if I put 500, if I put 100 down, I win 5,000. Now, I'm not predicting the Steelers are going to go to the Super Bowl and win it. I like their chances better than eight of those teams I just mentioned. The Giants, the Raiders, Miami, Jets, Lions. I mean, that blows me away. I mean, maybe I'll put $1 on it. Uh, and then that's where I wanted to go with it. Is it, it shocks because it shocks me that Vegas in the public eye views this team as negatively as they do. And it might be a good bet. Again, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. But I thought that was interesting. Um, the worst ones, as you can imagine, to give you some perspective, are the Cardinals and the Texans. They're at 2800 So if I put $100 down, I win 28000 Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> No, I, I'm sorry. I'd win 2800 you know, if I put $100 down. Not a huge better here. Some of the other really long shots are Atlanta, Indy, Tennessee, Bears, Bucks, Seattle, Washington, Carolina, and the Patriots are all hovering right around the Steelers. So I saw that a little nugget to throw out there. I'm sure a lot of you didn't know that. Um, I didn't until recently either. And I will be back tomorrow. See you.